1: Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood.
2: All right. You ready, babe?
1: Yep. Let's do it, mama.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doing It At Home podcast. Wow. It's February. (laughs) Happy February, everyone. And it is a leap year, which is pretty cool. So settle this for us because we've been curious. I have always heard that if a baby is born on February 29th, the day of the leap year, that you get to choose, you know, parents get to choose if baby's birthday is February 28th or March 1st. Now, is that true? Is that the case? Or is it the kind of thing where During the 29th, if it's like before noon, it's going to be the 28th. If it's after 12 p.m. or closer to nighttime, it's just automatically going to be counted as March 1st. Or again, do we get to choose? I don't know. Can someone confirm this for me? (laughs) It'd be so cool to hear some examples of any leap year babies out there, because as you know, it can't be February 29th because that only happens every four years. So I can't imagine a kid that would be pleased with a birthday party only every four years. (laughs) So yeah, that would be cool to hear any leap year baby story examples. I don't think we've had any leap baby uh, stories on the show. So reach out and share with us. I'd love to read some of them on the show in a, in a follow-up episode. That would be pretty cool. You can email us directly, hello at diahpodcast.com, or you can DM us, diahpodcast on Instagram. And make sure you check out the show notes for those links if you didn't catch that just now or you want to go to the website or you want to find our private Facebook group and join that. You can do that as well as the swag shop. So get your gear, get your have babies where you make them, shirts and tanks and your doula mugs and your midwife mugs and your birth junkie shirts. Get them. Go. So dihpodcast.com is our website and there's a shop link there. Okay, so talking about leap years, let's leap into today's episode. That's kind of dad joke Anyway, okay, we have an amazing episode because we have basically three birth stories in one. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, not even bogo, it's better than that today on the show. So you get to hear one woman's perspective on three different births, which is really cool because, you know, I, I think it just adds to the conversation of how every birth is so different. And then even for one individual woman, the births can vary so much. So we are speaking with Dorit Palvanov, And Dorit is a nutritionist. She's a feminine energy expert. She is also the host of a podcast called Confident, Energized, and Sexy Mama. Yeah. And we got to chat with her about her birth stories. So she has three very different ones, one in a hospital, one at home, and then another in a hospital. So great breadth of experience there that she can speak to. And throughout it, you know, really great opportunities for any who connect with any of the fears or anxieties or stresses that come up around planning for Birth, but then also for you mamas out there who might have experienced threads of what Dorit shares, it's really beautiful, particularly around releasing any shame or guilt or judgment that we might have within ourselves around our births. Um, also hitting upon and impressing the importance of having a birth coach or a powerful team to support you. We talk about orgasmic birth a little bit, so it's it's really great stuff here. So I know you're going to love it. I know you're going to just get a lot out of this. And if you want to connect with Dorit, we have links in the show notes to her website, her podcast, and all the ways you can learn more about her, which I suggest you do. All right. So quick word from our sponsor,
0: and then we'll jump right in. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Hi, Dorit. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. How are you? Um, thank you so much.
4: I'm doing amazing. Awesome. awesome. We're very
1: excited <laughs> to have you on the show. So we appreciate you carving out some time to hang out with us today.
4: Yeah, my pleasure. Kids are not here. I'm ready to, to begin this week.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. So, why don't you kick us off with talking about those kids that are not there right now and just share uh, who you are, your family, and what you're up to and where you live.
4: Thank you. I'd love to.
3: So, my name is Dorit Pavanov. I
4: am a wife. I am a mom of three girls. Um, I live in Toronto, Canada, and my story, I mean, obviously, every story is unique and special. My story is Kind of unique in a way that I come from a family where we mostly have girls. Actually, just this, just this, no, last month, my sister <laughs> broke the chain, broke the spell of females in our family for 37 years. So we, I come from, my mom wow. has three girls. I have three daughters. My sister, her first daughter is a girl. So we are basically, we know how to make girls. Um, <laughs> and so for us, um, I mean, for me particularly, I'm a very, um, I don't know, kind of like a woo-woo kind of girl. I like anything holistic, organic, the nature, I'm a, I am do not know, you can call me a tree, tree hugger. I'm just very aware and connected to mother nature and, and mother, mother earth. And I've just always thought that there is much more To it than just, you know, surface level. And I started learning more about like, what does it mean? Like for sure, you know, my, the creator, there is a reason why I am meant to birth three daughters and my mom did it and I am doing it and why, you know, my family has so many girls and that led me, you know, that research and that studying led me to really unfolding this whole new world of um, understanding more about feminine power, the divine feminine, and, and really understanding how the hormonal, hormonal system works for specifically the female hormonal system uh, systems work. And so that is what I do in my work. I help women to really um, cultivate that connection with themselves, with the divine feminine, and really bring it to their lives, to their homes, to the workplace, to anything and everything that is required for the, you know, to, to learn and how to engage the fe- feminine energy in our lives. Um, that's basically the work that I do. And as far as my girls, oh, each one of them is, you know, each one of their births is was so unique. And now, you know, retrospectively that I, when I'm looking back and writing my birth stories, I'm just learning there's so much in each one of them you know, as a, as a life lesson for me. So my first daughter, um, Oh, before I I go into that, I have to just add that I have always, you know, coming from a family of girls, of (laughs) female, I've always wanted and desired to be a mom. Like I've almost, I felt like I just wanted with every cell of my being. And so when my husband and I got married, um, I got married when I was 20, 25, and so at 26, I already had her. <laughs> so we literally after five months of, you know, being married, we conceived. And she was, I mean, our life together literally started as parents. Um. So when she was born, I didn't even think of. You know, I, I didn't even know that a midwife was available and and that wasn't even an option. I obviously I went with my doctor. I found uh, an OBGYN and, you know, went to the normal checkups. But right there in the office, you know, waiting for him to be seen for 10 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. I already hated it. I hated it. And at the time, I didn't know to admit it. Now I know. But um, I remember, you know, scheduling the appointments and then waiting for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half to be seen. And then the 10 minutes that, you know, he would he wouldn't even like examine me. Sometimes it was just like questions. Um, Very rarely he would even look in my eyes. And I know not all doctors are like that, but this my experience was so and so. The moment when it was time for me to have a baby, I remember I was um, I was gaining a lot of it was weight, but it wasn't really weight. It was I was retaining water and um, I was huge. I was so big. <laughs> even pictures. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I was it's it, I, it, it's not even possible for me to be that big. It was so big. I hated being pregnant. And. Um, Anyway, so I remember I was just so tired and, and swollen. My fingers, my my toenails, like everything was just so swollen. I felt felt like a whale. And I remember I was about thirty eight and a half weeks uh, pregnant and I went to him and I just said, Doctor, that's it. I, I can. I need to have like I need to have this baby. And he's like, Okay, no problem. Here, go now to the hospital. They they will you know, they will induce you. So then my first one was welcomed into the world with like you know, load of pitocin, and um, they I, at the time I remember going to these classes for birth, and um, and we actually loved them. We appreciated having them, you know, as being first-time parents, and and they taught us that if you know yourself to be someone who's not man who doesn't manage manage pain well make sure to ask for epidural as pain management so when i got to the hospital that's the first thing i told him i said i need the epidural please i just need it <laughs> mm-hmm. and and so i did it and um so they started injecting me with the pitocin i on that de- on that bed i felt like um I felt like a cell phone, like it it was like charging a phone. Like I was just plugged to so many, you know, tubes and, and wires. And it's like, it was just very robotic. Like now retrospectively that I have, you know, different experiences of birth. I know that that first experience was very kind of um, robotic and mechanic in that sense. Um, Mm -hmm. So when they they attached me to all these um, wires and the pitocin and and then the epidural. The, the doctor, um, you know, he administered the epidural to me. Um, and I I remember looking at the monitor and the, uh, the nurse says, "Oh wow, look, you're having such heavy like big contractions. They're supposed to be really painful, but i I feel nothing." So I just felt very dissociated. It's like I was there. But I wasn't. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like I, and I guess later on I started, and, and now you know with the work that I do with women and mothers, I understand that there is, there is um, a purpose for pain. You know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yes, we don't want to feel it. We want nothing to do with it. Right? We opt out of it. And very similarly, uh, how we how we do um, with our periods right uh, we, we just don't want to have that nuisance and so we opt out of it we choose not to have it but not understanding that there is a reason so i just wish somebody would just explain to me that yes you know it is going to be painful but there is a purpose for it right and and so you're designed as a female to experience the pain the pain to feel the pain but there is a reason for the pain. It's so that you feel more connected to the birth experience itself. And then when the baby comes, you will feel connected to the baby. Um, and so it was nothing like that for me. I just mm. felt like it, I, it, it was like I was observing, you know, and everybody were moving. And there were so many people coming and going into the room and the nurses. So I was administered to the hospital, hospital around 10 a.m and I had the baby at 8.45 a.m. the next day. So I was there for almost 24 hours, and um, I think there were about five or six nurses, you know, shifts changed changed during that time. Now, they were all very nice, I have nothing to say, uh, but um, it's just that, you know, I, I, I wasn't, the moment I bonded with someone, she was gone, and then you bond with another one, and then she's gone again. And so (laughs) I I just didn't understand the importance of having just one person being there with you the entire time. And uh, so my mom was there. My husband was there. And my birth just didn't progress. Even with Mm -hmm. the person, it just didn't. Like, I would just, my body did not want to open up. The pain was already at, at that in in that moment, the pain was, I started feeling pain because uh, they, they thought something is not right. Um, so they reduced the epidural. They wanted me to feel the pain. So the pain is there. It's excruciating. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't move, but my body doesn't open. And so the, the nurse said, well, we have to, you know, we have to break your water because otherwise... It's going to be a C-section and, you know, it's just going to, it's not going to be good. We need, we need to do something. So so they intervened, they broke my water. And once they opened my water, everything was like really quick, 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 quick. Um, So uh, yeah, they, they lowered the epidural. So I I was able to feel the baby, but then I, basically they told me start pushing. (laughs) Mm. Okay. That was on my back. My husband is holding my left hand. My mom is holding my right leg. Um, and okay, push. So I started pushing guys like an insane person. Like I just needed this baby to be out. Yeah. And so I just yeah. pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And, and, my, and everybody's going, oh, we see the head. We see the head. Oh, we see the, you know, black hair. You know, we see, we see it, we see it. And I'm like, okay, okay, but I'm like not excited at all. I just want her out. And so eventually the doctor, um, so the the gynecologist walks in and it was not my doctor because he wasn't on call. And so there was just such a mean doctor. (laughs) I remember that she just didn't even look at my face. She just looked Mm. down there. And she said, and she was looking like at her, like at the nurses, she's like, okay, we need to cut, like, we need to do an episiotomy, because otherwise, um, you know, the it's going to be a C section and, and the baby is not going to Oh, my baby was sunny set up. That's the reason. Mm, wow. uh, so they needed to cut. And, uh, and I'm like, No, don't cut. And she's like, Well, no, I'm going to cut because uh, otherwise, uh, you won't be able you, you're going to te- keep you're going to tear and it's going to be a big, you know, you don't want that. So trust me, da da da. Okay, fine. So she got. Thank goodness I didn't feel any of that. Um, and so the baby was born and fine. So you know how that moment everybody tells you, you know, the birth is going to be terrible, it's painful, but the moment they put the baby on your on your chest, you forget all the pain. You know, like mm-hmm. they all know. I remember that's what I was told. So I had nothing of that. I just, I didn't. Want, I was so tired. I was. So so exhausted from the pushing each one of my capillaries totally like broke each one mm. of my my face on my on my chest in even my eyes everything wow. exploded it was so intense and and then uh, so then it was my doctor's shift so he came and he like looks at me he's like oh wow you're so red yeah, it's from the pushing. It's from the pushing. Okay, but in that moment, I, I, I feel, I almost feel ashamed to admit it, but I know that this is just part of my journey. But I didn't really bond with my baby. I didn't. I just wanted someone to take her away. I remember it so clearly. Um, plus, I also knew that my mother-in-law was there. <laughs> wasn't there at the per- at the birth but the moment she came out the baby the moment Shelly came out um she you know a mother-in-law came in and at the time i mean now i love her dearly she's like a mother to me but at the time i was just like re i was just learning about her as a person right i was we were just starting our relationship so, so and and the hormones and i just didn't want her in and there was just so much resistance. And so the, the cocktail of feelings and the emotions in that yeah. in that hour, it was just unbelievably overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, I just became a mom. My husband is there seeing me the way he had never seen. Um, and then my mom is there and she, I see this face, you know, I see her being so worried and like something bad is going to happen. And then my mother-in-law is, is walking, walking in. Oh, and she came in with my brother-in-law <laughs> and I was like, I'm, I'm half naked. It was just like, <sighs> what the heck is going on? Who am I? What, mm-hmm. is, what, is, you know, what is going on? It was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe it. It was just so, it was very intense very, very mm-hmm. intense for me. And,
3: yeah. and the
4: worst part of it is that I didn't, I don't remember bonding with the baby in that very instant. Um. And then I was so tired. I was really I was just ex- I was so exhausted. And then they moved us from the, um, you know, from the delivery department into the um, how was it called like where all the babies are into like a pediatric oh, okay. Yeah, so maybe like the nursery. Yeah, yeah, nursery. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um and so that place was I still remember. I felt so claustrophobic there. <laughs> just, mm. It was so mom, so many moms and babies and everybody screaming and it was so loud. It's just like my nervous system, I just couldn't handle it. It was too much for me. And at the time I didn't even know. I just I didn't. I really didn't. Um and so I was in a room, um, we asked for a semi, um, how do you call it? Like a, a like room private. that, it wasn't, oh, it was semi-private. So it wasn't right, just okay. me in the room, it was me mm-hmm. and another lady. Now I envisioned a semi-private room being like maybe one room and it's separated with a wall and a door. <laughs> it's weird.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: It was just like a curtain. <laughs> mm. So you know like she, that mom like she would put the, her baby to sleep my wakes up and then i put right. my baby to sleep and her wakes up and it was just like this constant nonstop, stop non-stop and then she would get visitors and then i would get visitors and it was like just mm. again you know so much again more and more overwhelmed um And I remember the next day, I begged the nurse. I said, please, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. I was just, I was so intense. I couldn't handle it. So then from that point onwards, when we got home, I remember that was like the first moment when we were really happy. I Mm. felt, I remember happiness because my, my Shelly was a great sleeper. So we, you know, we got home. Oh my gosh, we're such first time parents. We got home in the baby carrier. We put her in the kitchen, like on the floor. <laughs> and we went to sleep. Like we left her in the carrier. In the kitchen. Like she was secure. We didn't oh, even yeah. care, we didn't even take her upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, anyways, but then we all of a sudden, wow. three hours later, we wake up and, and it's quiet. And we're like, Oh my gosh, the baby, the baby. So we go downstairs and she's like quietly sleeping in the baby carrier.
3: So she was
4: really great like that. Um, and I remember on that same day, I'm like, okay, so I, I need the lawn. I need to do the laundry and I need to, to clean the house. I just got home from the hospital and that's what I did. I went downstairs. Our base, our uh, laundry room was in the basement. I did a, you know, a few <laughs> loads of laundry. I think I even like I, I cleaned the house. I did something in her bedroom, whatever. But that's how Shelly was introduced into our life. Um, the worst part, I think, was, and now I understand, it's just this over. I, my my nervous system and my hormones were just completely overwhelmed and overstimulated. And the result of that was I just, my body did not produce any milk.
0: Mm. So I wasn't
4: able to breastfeed my baby. Um, and I, when I had my baby, I, all I wanted was, and I didn't, you know, I didn't even research any like formulas, nothing like that. Um, I didn't even like research any bottles. I, cause I knew, remember I said, I'm like, a, I'm a tree hugger. Like I love nature. <laughs> Um, so I always knew that I am breastfeeding, like I'm doing it the natural way. Um, and I, I wasn't able to do that. I I've had the colostrum. I've fed, you know, everything I've had, I, I've, I had given to her and have went through the, you know, the cracked nipples and all the pain and all that. But, um, I remember even from the hospital, um, they, um, I, uh, they rented, um, It's called like a breast pump, milk pump,
3: Mm. Um,
4: and uh, (laughs) and from both of my from both sides, I was able to extract maybe like 30 cc from both. It was like so little, let alone you know that process of milking myself, like sitting there, like half of my torso is 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 open, and my husband like walks in and out, so you know this right you do this work um, around sexuality with women i i just completely in that moment i had lost my identity as a woman mm-hmm. i really didn't understand how i who i am what am i supposed to do how am i supposed to feel sexual with this man again when he sees me as a cow or i feel as a cow so there is like there were so many uh, you know emotions like these in that very intense time of our life that was like the hardest year for me personally um, just having <laughs> just having a tail like i i i i i just, it, it was really really It was really, really, really mm-hmm. tough. Um, i I wasn't able you know how it is with like new moms, you know, you, you lose the control of, of, of your time. You know, you, you want to nap, but you can't cause you know, the baby is not napping and then you want to eat, but you can't eat. So then you end up eating your, your food cold. Like when she was colicky and, 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 and she was under, you know, she was constantly hungry. My baby was huge. And I remember the time when my mom, saw how my, how Shelly was crying and crying nonstop. And I was really, really um, like, I was really stubborn. I'm like, no, I'm going to breastfeed. I'm going to breastfeed. But there's li- like literally so little milk. It's not coming. Uh, and so my mom, against my will, she went to the to the pharmacy and she got um, baby formula. And she with uh, I, I think, I don't remember when it, I think I was there and I don't, I don't know why I didn't uh, resist, but I think it was like my, my baby was just crying so much that I just said, okay, screw it. Like let her try. And so my mom, mm-hmm. took the baby. she fed her. And for the first time, um, Shelly just slept, uh, you know, after mm-hmm. that hospital thingy, after this hospital incident, when she was still probably, um, you know, under the influence of the epidural, um, so she slept for three or even four hours straight, and that's when I realized I'm like, okay, what am I doing? Enough with this nonsense. I'm just gonna bottle feed my baby. And once I done, I have done that. I feel like so much of the, so much of my nervous system just calmed, you know, um, mm-hmm. because I was I was really unnecessarily pushed, putting myself. Through so much pressure, right? There's so much like, oh, this should be done this way, and this should be done this way, and and you're constantly in the state of resistance. And um, and yes, people around you want to help, they want to give you advice, but you, you're not listening because you're not in a state of receptivity, which is a very, you know, uh, feminine trait. Um, so I at the time I didn't know how to be receptive, how to listen, how to, you know, be in the flow. Um and so I'm I'm really thankful for my to my mom that she had done that because it really allowed me to just calm just allow my nervous system to just calm down. From there, um my our first year with Shelly was really uh, the the first few months were kind of rocky, but then it was amazing. Like she was a really mm. good baby. Thank goodness she was a really easy happy smiley baby she was huge she was (laughs) she was really thriving on the formula
0: Mm. Um,
4: and we were really happy like she was a really good baby i've put her i've read the the book um the the secrets of the baby whisperer uh, by tracy hogg and i followed the uh, easy system um so eat uh eat E, are you familiar, guys, with the system? I'm not. E- no, I e- haven't heard it. Okay, so the the word easy, it's uh, it's basically an acronym. So basically, it's it's a system that is designed to help moms and babies create somewhat of a schedule so that there is mm-hmm. predictability, and and we loved it. So the the E stands for eat, and then the A stands for um. I think it's play. Uh, oh, my gosh. You see? It's been 10 years. I, I'm forgetting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then E-A-S. Oh, and then sleep. And then Y is your time. So while, while baby sleeps, it's your time. So basically, you feed the baby, and then there's play time. And then sleep, the baby goes to sleep, and then it's mom's time. So that's the easy system. So we've done that. And it was super successful. Like it worked amazingly. And she was, she was like, she she was just amazing. Like she just um, responded beautifully. And every day she went to bed by 6 PM, she was in bed. So my husband and I had lots of time for ourselves. We were able to get, you know, babysitters and still have a life. Um, mm-hmm. And so we felt, oh, my gosh, it's going amazing. You know, if that's what parenting is, you know, we can do it again. <laughs>
3: that's awesome.
4: and, so, and so when she was 18 months old, we, we decided, you know what, let's do it again. Oh, uh, I said, I said. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I, I felt like, okay, I can do this. It's going well. You know, we have a routine. Let's do it again. So I only thought of it. And the next month, I was already pregnant. (laughs) It was like that. It was so quick. Um, And I remember it was winter. I think it was February. Um, And so, yeah, that's how my second daughter was conceived.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
4: It's my
2: little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs)
4: For my second daughter, I already knew about mid- midwifery, so I've heard. Okay. You know, so let I started, you know, I went with Shelly to different programs, mommy and you know, mommy and baby, and people talked about midwifery, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it sounds so cool. So I started researching, and the moment I got pregnant, I, you know, I um, went to a midwife's office, and they they took me in, and in that office which, and I love this so much, they have in the, like, right in the waiting room, they have this big library of, like, books, and all the books are about natural birth, and it's all about all things natural. Now, remember, I love natural, I love nature, and I love, (laughs) I'm I'm like, I'm like this very hungry caterpillar. I'm, like, reading and reading and absorbing, you know, and checking books out. And that's when I was introduced to the Bradley method and it was Mm. just, it just made sense to me. It just made everything clicked. It just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is the right way to birth a baby. This is why, you know, I struggled so much with my first. That's why, you know, I I, still to this day, by the way, you guys, I'm struggling with physical touch with Shelly still to this Mm. day. It's been 10 years, 10 years since then. Um, you know, so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to do it at home. And the midwife said, you know, you can do There is an option of home delivery. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And my husband thought I'm crazy. My mom mm-hmm. thought I need to be, <laughs> I need to be administered to like a, to like a mental institution. I, to my mm-hmm. mother-in-law, I didn't even dare to say, they didn't, they didn't know. I did not mm-hmm. dare to say because I knew she would talk me out of it. So they didn't know, they didn't, until she was born, my second, they didn't know that I'm going to have a home birth. Anyway, so, so I decided to go for the home birth and I was so ready and I cooked all these beautiful meals. Like I really followed all the, all the suggestions, all the recommendations I've prepared, you know, my house, I've had all the meals, you know, frozen and, um, I myself, I was just like, you know, I, I set up my my, ba- my uh, bedroom and all the things that they tell you to do. we were almost about to get um, like the water birth, but thankfully we didn't because our midwife said, you guys, your, your house um, is, is very small. You don't have enough, um, you know, your water heater is not big enough to keep the water hot for a longer time. We didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank, yeah. thank goodness they they gave us this tip because we were yeah. just about to, you know, to pay $150 to rent that tub. Anyways, we didn't. And so with my second, um, she was born a week later. So with Shelly, she was born at 38 and a half weeks. My second was born at 41 weeks. Now, with her, interestingly, I didn't, I think because she was my, um, uh, like, um, a fall baby. She was born in November. So I wasn't returning water as much because it wasn't hot outside. Um, but she, when she was born, she was just born huge. She was so big, mm-hmm. especially with her head. She was born four kilos. Like, she was huge. Any, anyway, so the birth itself, it was really my shortest birth it was eight weeks uh, sorry eight hours long and um with her I was in such excruciating pain you guys it is nothing that can be described with words like I felt it was so primal I mm-hmm. yelled I screamed I hit my husband I, I think I Was pretty aggressive to the midwife as well to both of them there were two of them there what a mistake to call my mom because she it was such a big mistake it was such a big mistake you know for all of you who are listening knowing that you're about to do something that is radical that your mom maybe is not um, you know she doesn't feel like she's um, intimately um, familiar with then please skip the mom. <laughs> Do not have yeah. your mom there because for me, <laughs> what, that, what that did, it, it added, uh, um, it added like this, uh, you know, another dimension of fear. I was yeah. already in pain, and then seeing my mom, you know, looking at your mom, it's like that's where you want to look for, you know, for 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 to fe- to feel. I don't know some sort of redemption I don't know like you want your Mm -hmm. mom to come and save you right and then here you here you are going through this really difficult pain and and your mom is like I felt like my mom is gonna faint like I thought my mom she she was just I saw the fear in her eyes and it did not do good to me my mom also it didn't do good to her either anyhow so with my second birth it was at home and uh it, it It was, it went really quickly in part because I was just, I didn't know how to handle the pain, you know, all the Bradley tips and and, and ideas, even though my husband and I, we read them together and we thought we knew about a doula at the time, but we just thought, you know what, we did it once. It's okay, let's, because here in Canada, it's not, it's not paid for by the government. The midwife is included in the health plan. But a doula we, we had to pay extra, and the cheapest that we could find was around eight hundred nine hundred dollars so we thought you know what we did it again we did it once we're gonna be okay, but the moment the pain hit, you guys I forgot everything I didn't know wow was and and my husband like he also didn't know how um and so it was it was so primal and and it was dumb it really was dumb it was the stupidest thing that i've done because i should have had help i sh- i should have oh. hired someone to coach me to guide me through that pain i i just didn't know anyways this birth also my body closed up didn't wanna you know i was in excruciating pain but every time the midwife checked me there was no opening like maybe half a centimeter um it's just my body just closes up and doesn't want to let go um so again they had to break my water so they did and once they did she was out in about an hour an hour and a half so she was born um and what's interesting about that because I didn't have any epidural I was I was able to move and so I had her um like on my hands and knees it was such a like weird um position for me but my daughter was on top of the fact that her head was humangous, she was also holding her fist like that, like next uh, to, her, to the ear. Yeah. And that also <laughs> but the midwife was amazing. So she was able to like take her hands out first and then her head and body came out. So mm. that was pretty cool. Um so that's how my second daughter was born into the was brought into the world. Now here, even though all of my capillaries exploded again. And my my I was so in so much pain. And it was my shortest birth. Um, that the moment they put her on my chest, there was an instant bond. Instant. Mm, Even today, she's eight years old. I just I just like love hugging her. Like I just love it. With mm-hmm. Shelly now, and of course I'm not gonna ever share it with her, maybe when she's older, but I really do still have that. A bit of a distance. It's like I have to hype myself up to, you know, to hug her uh, and yeah. to embrace her. It's, it's, it does. It. I know it's, it's sick, but it does. It's not done naturally to me. If that makes sense. With my second and third babies, it's. You're going to say something, Sarah.
3: Yeah. Well, I was just saying, you know, Dorit, I, I, I'm telling you, there are moms right now listening who are resonating with that and feel can feel whatever they need to feel around that because, because that may, it makes sense to me. It, it totally does. And so for you to share the way that you did, I just really appreciate it because that's something that I'm sure so many moms kind of grapple with and work around, you know, reconciling in their brain, those, those connections or, or working on those connections as a result of, you know, the birth experience. So I just wanted to acknowledge you for sharing that because I know there are mothers listening right now who are benefiting from you sharing that.
4: Yeah, of course we need to, I, I wish I had, you know, access to this stuff. I wish somebody would say, you know what, there is this podcast doing it at home and there was this lady sharing. <laughs> I would, yeah. I, I had have that stuff. Um, I, I It was just whatever. That was my experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And and we need to, because there's really, we need to disengage um, shame from this story, because at the end of the day, it's not about feeling, you know, shamed for it. It's about, like, what have I learned from it? And what can I pass on to the listeners, to my clients, to my daughters, who, you know, hopefully one day will choose to be moms. They need to know this. and. Really, there is one takeaway from all of my experience is please hire a birth coach. Like that is the thing. Because with my third birth, I was finally smart enough (laughs) to do that. Um, With my third birth, it was just so magical. Now, here's here's the irony. It was my longest birth. It was my longest, and um, still, because I hired help, um, the doula was with me from the moment I basically started having contractions until the moment she, the baby was out. So I felt so supported. I felt held. I felt like I could lean on something, like literally and figuratively speaking.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, what was interesting, also, my husband because at the time we already had three, you know, two kids, plus, you know, another one coming. Um, My husband is self-employed. He worked like a donkey, you know, leading up to the birth. And so he was literally guys, I'm not kidding. Two days in a row for like 24 hours, he did not sleep. He just worked, worked, worked. Like he wanted to finish as many projects as possible so that he can be with us when the movie comes. Now, Here's the thing: his immune system completely crushed, and so oh, on the, day of the yeah on the day of the birth, he was so sick. He was like he had such a high fever, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh my God! Thank goodness I hired help." Yeah, oh
3: my, my husband yeah.
4: the entire time I was like in the hospital, and she was like walking with me. She didn't she didn't allow me to sit. Like she said, "You have to be moving. You have to be moving." The entire time I was, you know, it was about 10 hours where I was just like walking. He was sleeping <laughs> in, the, yeah. in, the, in the birth room. It was so bizarre now thinking about it. Um, anyways, but uh, she just, I felt so supported. I felt so like I want this baby, right? Like I want to see the baby come. Like I want to hold her. Even before she was out, I just wanted to hold her so badly already. I was so excited. And um, and I remember, you know, such a simple trick. She brought a a sock and she had, like, she put rice into it. And um, she would, like, heat it up in the microwave. And every Mm -hmm. time I had this intense um, contraction, she would put it, like, to my lower tummy. And you guys, that on its own, I'm not kidding, 80% of the pain was eliminated just by applying a hot pad to my tummy. So why do I need to be medicated? I am I, so like it was, it was so for me, it just didn't make sense. And I just wish more people more women knew that as you know, such a simple thing as just applying heat to your belly, when you're having a contraction, that is so helpful. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we've done that. And then when it was really coming towards the end, she, she reserved the bath for that. So the bath was amazing. Obviously it was nothing like I've had at home. <laughs> it was big, it was spacious. Um, and there was plenty of hot water. Uh, and so, but with this birth, I, I ju- I really don't know why yet. Why my body also didn't really, uh, open up. So also, um, they had to break my water. Mm-hmm. Um, so for my all my three births, um, my water had to be broken. Mm. And um, but the moment she came in, I I got myself into such a deep hypnotic state. With my second daughter, after she, after she was born, I started a, a very dedicated yoga practice. So I started learning meditations, and also I learned about uh, hypnobirthing. So I remember that moment when I was like, it was so painful, but I was like on my knees. Um, the bed was against my chest and I was like so deeply inside, like in, in within myself. Um, so the doula was to my right. My husband, my sick husband was to my left. <laughs>
3: uh-huh. we,
4: woke up, <laughs> we woke him up and I, I, I remember apply- like putting my hand on his, um, uh, forehead. And he was so hot. She, he was it was crazy. My mom wasn't there. My mom was watching my uh, older two kids. And then she you guys I did not even push I swear to God, she mm. just came out. She just wow. came out of me. So mm-hmm. the third was I didn't have any capillaries breaking like I was, just, <laughs> I was I was I was it was amazing. It was really oh. incredibly amazing. And the moment she came out of me, she was so, like, she was tiny. But, you know, like, on her hands and her legs, she was she had, like, this baby fat already. It was so nah. cute. I just took her to my hands. And that was that experience that I wanted, you know, where everybody was talking about, like, orgasmic birth, orgasmic, like, that's what I wanted.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I had it. I really did have it. I'm so mm. thankful that I was able to experience it. It took me, you know, three birds, <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's the experience. And, you know, still, you know, yes, my body did produce milk, but not as much as I would like it to. So all three of my kids, um, I did bottle feed them, but the bottom line was that it was the most important things for me was to learn how to, you know, be receptive, how to lean in, how to ask for help, how to be guided, how to be coachable and how to be coached and how to just receive, um, how to receive help. I, I think that was like the biggest, biggest takeaway for me. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's it. <laughs>
3: that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Oops. those are the, those are the real core things that aren't necessarily delineated in like a parenting strategy or school of thought or style. And yet those are the the things that really fuel us to show up for our children. So I, I really appreciate, you know, how you mentioned that and highlight that as, as your, your work in that process and in those stages. Um, I am curious because I'm sure some audience members are just wondering, so to go from home birth with your second to hospital with your third, was there a, a discussion or a planning or a thought process around that? Or did it just resonate more with you to go to the hospital for your third?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. So there were a few things. Number one, the biggest thing uh, the midwife told me that because my second daughter was born with her hand, um, you know, in a weird position, that was kind of like uh, a higher risk birth. And okay. so they said that, uh, with the, with that, it puts me at a higher risk, and they don't ha- take higher risk births into home. Um, gotcha. So
3: oh, okay.
4: the biggest, yeah, the biggest thing was that my midwife highly she didn't tell me not to do it at home, but she said I highly recommend for you for the third one to do it at the hospital because then there we have all the tools, we have you know all the setup that we need just, God forbid, if this happens again, to just be able to support you better. Also, um, yeah, so that was the the first thing. Number two, I just wanted, (laughs) I I didn't want for my girls to, uh, for my older two girls to see me in pain. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just preferred my mom to come, watch them at home, and then so I could, and instead for me to just, leave for so right. those were the reasons but other than that really at home birth it was the best with my second with my third actually after I had the baby about two I think two maybe three hours later we were discharged home so That's it was awesome. just, oh, a, nice. yeah it was just a delivery that was there and because I had it with the midwife and they you know they checked and they saw that me and the baby were good we were able to go home that same day Um, Mm. but, um, with the home birth, it was the best because, you know, Mm. it's your own bed and it's your own clothes and it's your own bath. And it's like your own, the comfort of your own home. It's your own food. Like it's, it's, it was the best, like post baby, post delivery. There is nothing like home birth. Mm
3: -hmm. It was
4: really really good. I, I think if I had, um, you know, the doula at home, I would probably do it again at home. Cause gotcha. it was really magical. It was really magical.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, amazing. Thank you
3: so much, Dorit. This has all been really amazing. Before we go, I would like you to share uh, where people can find you, where mothers and women can connect with you and in what capacity. So please, please share that with us.
4: Thank you. I would love to. So as you understand <laughs> my motherhood experience, it really, um, is a catalyst for the work that I do now with moms, with women. And um, my website is doritpalvanov.com. So I'm going to spell it out D O R I T P A L V A N O V.com. And so that is um, the place where I share all of my tips, all of my tricks, um, blog posts. I also have a podcast. It's called The Confident, Energized, and Sexy Mama Show. And that's where we, yeah, that's where we talk all things, women's health. We talk about hormones. We talk about fitness. We talk about our, you know, motherhood experience. We talk about sex, sexuality, divine feminine. We talk all those things that happen to us. Once we, you know, we become parents, once we really change, it's such a substantial, um, I think divine, you know, sacred uh, event that happens you know birth and it changes so much of who we are and and not only our lives but who we like on on a subconscious level on a mindset level it changes who we are it changes our bodies it changes our relationships with our bodies it changes our relationships with our sexuality It changes our relationship with our partners there's so much in this and really i believe so much Like I said, you know, my number one takeaway is to be, to be, to allow yourself to be supported, to give yourself the permission to be guided. And so that is the work that I do now in the world. I help to Mm. guide moms. I help to coach them through, you know, these difficult transitions and transformations in their lives. Um, And so that we can so that, you know, they don't have to go through the suffering that I went through. (laughs) Right. and yeah and you know I think you, you you guys have probably heard this from other people but we do the work we do the work that we need to do the, in the world in the world right we are the ones who offer certain type of work because we are the ones who need to learn it the most and so yeah i'm still a student and i've um, i always work with coaches because that to me is the most substantial um, piece that I have learned from each one of my birth stories. Um, and yeah, so I have the podcast, I have the website, I have the podcast. Uh, if there's anybody who's interested to learn how to get more energy, you know, after getting married and after get, getting kids, then there is a free masterclass on my website. So you can head on over to my website, um, com forward slash energy dash okay. master. And that's it.
1: Awesome. Say that again. Energy dash what?
4: Masterclass.
1: Energy masterclass. Beautiful. And we'll have those links
4: in the show show notes. notes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: So links to your website and all that great stuff.
4: Wonderful. Thank you so much, you guys. It was so much fun. Somebody somebody is finally listening to my birth stories.
1: (laughs) Yes. A lot of people are listening to your birth story. So we really appreciate your honesty, your vulnerability just telling it like it was and you know understanding that there were some moments in there that you know like you mentioned maybe felt a little shame or guilt and we're just very grateful that you shared fully because as Sarah said we know there are our mamas and soon-to-be mamas out there who are connecting with the realness of your story so Dorit thank you so much for, for everything you brought to the podcast today we really appreciate you
4: My pleasure. Thanks, again.